0: This is a little different Sunday because we're not a t- having a, uh, a typical teaching time. What we're really going to do is officially introduce both uh, the ministries that we're going to be supporting for Christmas, our Christmas projects this year. The TV is up here because Stan and the Sunday School will join us here in about 15 minutes uh, to review a the shoebox ministry. The kids in Sunday School have seen, I think, perhaps the older version of this tape, um, This is a cool thing, and I'm really excited about it. It's very practical. It's very hands-on. It involves not just a parent writing a check for Christmas. It involves kids getting involved and filling a box. I'll let the video tell the rest. But anyway, we'll listen to that in a minute. The other ministry that we're supporting that is more financially centered, and we had several to choose from, the one that I was most excited about and the one we're commending to you this morning, uh, is Richard and Gladys Scoggin. Some of you would remember Richard spoke here, taught here, I don't know if it's two years ago, perhaps, maybe three years ago. Richard and Gladys are missionaries in Bolivia, Cochabamba, Bolivia. We've known Richard for many years. Uh, Richard is one of the most godly guys I've ever known. He's about our age. He's been single most of his life, married Gladys in the last five years. Richard's been a missionary in Japan, Africa, and now South America. They've been in South America, I'm guessing, 8 to 10 years. I think it's where they perceive, he and Gladys's wife, Gladys is a native Bolivian, uh, perceive God wants their ministry for the foreseeable future. Uh, Richard's project, this is unusual for him. I got a letter from him perhaps a month ago. There was supposed to be some follow-up, which is quite late in coming. Uh, the agency that helps them distribute their mail uh, simply was a long time in getting this out. But our Christmas project, uh, more financially centered, along with the shoebox ministry, is to help the Scoggins purchase a section of land with uh, walls and buildings on site for their children's ministry. Richard uh, teaches in a, a missionary school, basically, in Cochabamba. Half of the students there are children of missionaries in that region. The other half are locals. It's a great evangelistic outreach. Obviously, most of the locals coming in are not christians there's a great ministry there this though is the other side of their missionary life if you will and it it is something that has just developed with them and especially with gladys over the last two or three years And that is they've had a ministry to kids that has met in their uh... school for the last two or three years they attract about hundred and fifty people every saturday they meet this is a spiritually needy area it's a physically needy area uh, Richard and Gladys have gone out on a limb. This is unusual for them, which is one of the reasons I felt strongly that the Lord was probably in this. Very conservative couple, very feet-on-the-ground couple. They felt so strongly that God wanted them to purchase this property. They took out a personal note for $20,000, half of the $40,000 payment. They would forfeit that money if they can't purchase land entirely uh, by the end of December. They haven't done this just... Uh, spur of the moment. Uh, DM Stearns is the sending agency they're aligned with. They have talked to their uh, the local Christians in the church they're a part of. They got their counsel, their support. They've talked to DM Stearns about this. Same thing. Uh, but felt so strongly and had that affirmed uh, repeatedly through each of the folks that they spoke with that they went out on a limb, took out a personal note for half of the purchase price of the property. They're attempting to raise now, before December, before Christmas actually. is the purchase price. $5,000, I believe, is related to legal expenses and some very short term uh, requirements at the property itself. They live in a different corner of the world. These properties are all, if they're not walled, you're not safe, kind of thing. This is a walled property near their home with a house structure on it and an outbuilding right now. They want to short term, there's some minor upkeep to do to the house. They'll use that for their children's ministry. They hope to, in the future, build a chapel on site as well. This, would be, this has nothing to do with what we would be supporting right now as far as giving to them. That would be a future thing that they would raise uh, funds for. Uh, but short term, this would become the center. There's no church in their neighborhood. There's no children's ministry. There's no outreach per se other than personal. This property would become the center of their outreach to this children's ministry. They also hope that eventually a local church would end up being housed there as well. Uh, They have folks that come through routinely, missionaries. They would also be putting up missionaries there. So short-term use is related to children's ministry. Uh, Probably uh, this is going to be the center for a lot more in the future, but they're attempting to raise, before Christmas, $25,000. My personal hope is that we as a church could raise 10% of that, $2,500, which for our group is a pretty good chunk of change. We raised $5,000 earlier this year, and I think that was about over a two- or three-month period for a local church in India, and you've got their picture in your missionary booklet at home, so they would have a building they could meet in, and that was a safety, uh, if you remember, a lot of times that just means they're not getting rocks thrown on them if, there's, if they're in a building. So that was good. We would actually only have about a month to do this. Uh, this is We're actually doing a good job getting started early for our Christmas projects, but Both projects we've chosen have a short leash on them, and both, I think, need to be completed by mid-November. The shoeboxes have to be delivered to Oklahoma. I think it's the second week in November. Whatever we send the Scoggins has to be delivered in November because there will be a month delay between the time their missionary agency gets it and they get a check from the mission agency. So this would need to be done by, my thinking is mid-November. We could send them a check for whatever we've raised. Um, do you guys have questions about this, about the Scoggins ministry? I don't know if that helps you or not. Uh, it's hard to sell somebody else's ministry sometimes. I'm, I'm excited, probably more en- enthusiastic about this than I uh, am able to relate to you this morning, both knowing the Scoggins personally and knowing what their ministry is doing and where that's going. So Stan and the video will introduce the Shoebox ministry, which is also very encouraging, and you'll get the benefit of that in a minute. Okay. Yeah. How many people were here to hear Richard Scoggins teach? Okay, about half of us. Okay. Okay. All right. We're saying children's ministry, but. Uh, The way this works out is typically, of those 150, there might be 25 moms there. There might be older siblings there. Um, This starts with kids, but it certainly impacts more than just the kids that come. It's impacting families, right? Does that? Okay. So, uh, anyway, I hope you'll get excited about this. Think of it this way. If we could raise $600 for the next Sundays, we would about hit $2,500 in four weeks. That's really what we're talking about. Shoebox ministry, the same. We've got about four weeks left to do that. So think about that. Pray about that. And before these folks come, let me just remind you, related to giving, we're a long way out from Christmas, so we're probably not uh, thinking in these terms yet. But giving uh, related to Christmas is a, an entirely appropriate thing. And I want to just mention as we're thinking about filling shoeboxes with gifts for boys and girls around the world and as we're thinking about writing checks for the Scoggins in Bolivia, uh, giving's a big deal in the New Testament. And let me just remind you of a few things generally. Second Corinthians 8 and 9, probably the most focused of any of the New Testament passages on giving. And let me just review a few of these verses just as a reminder as we talk about giving for our Christmas projects. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. That God in glory steps down from heaven, comes to the earth, lives in poverty as it were, dies spiritually in poverty, hung on a tree, rises from the dead. He who was rich became poor so that he could enrich us, the verse goes on to say. Jesus' model for us, and this is what Paul's telling the Corinthians, remember who you belong to and what he did for you. He was rich. He became poor to benefit you. He suffered loss so that you could appreciate gain, as it were. He's our model. Uh, Related to that, though, Paul tells the Corinthians, and I would certainly tell us, (coughs) he tells the Corinthians that the funds they were raising, when this was written, for the saints in Jerusalem was not so that the Corinthians would be poor and the Jerusalem Christians would be rich. He said, no, it's by way of equality. You guys actually are well provided for financially, and they aren't. Come on in, kids. They're suffering need right now. So he says this is by way of equality. What you have at this point will supply their needs. And at another time, their supply may provide for your needs, but it's by way of equality. We in the West, and certainly in North America, have been so blessed financially. You know, we are the richest uh, country, and probably in the history of the world. And it certainly behooves us to follow Jesus' example, uh, and Paul's, to take our bounty and to share that with others. And when we give, Paul says three qualities. We've gone over this earlier this year, but it's a good reminder. When we give, God encourages us through Paul to give generously. To give with purpose or purposefully and to give cheerfully. Give generously just like God. Uh, We don't want to think how little can we get away with giving. We want to think like God, big hearted, generous. We want to give purposefully. Uh, uh, This has to do with, you know, sometimes somebody uh, gets manipulative and they, they kind of coerce you to give. That is entirely Unbiblical. Paul tells the Corinthians, when they give, you think about it, you pray about it, and then you give as you've purposed in your heart. When you and the Lord sit down together and you talk this over and you hash this out, you give as between you and the Lord, you purpose. It's not. He says later, it's not grudgingly. Somebody's not opening you like a can to get out of you what they can. You're giving generously, but you're giving because you've purposed to. You've purposed to. It's not an afterthought. It's not grudgingly. You've thought about it. You've prayed about it. You've given with purpose. And the last is cheerfully. Uh, Cheerfully. It says God loves a cheerful giver. Think of it this way. You could give and someone else would be blessed, but if you give grudgingly, you're not blessed. When you give cheerfully, the person who gets whatever you gave, they're blessed, but you're blessed also. But you're not blessed when you give grudgingly. Have you ever done that? You know, especially as kids, I think, when you obey mom and dad and do right, but you're gritting your teeth the whole time. Well, you know, they, you, whatever needed to be done is done, but you're not doing it doing much better yourself. So give generously, purposefully, cheerfully. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his son. God's love produced something in action. God loved us. He wanted to be able to do what was in our best interest, and that turned into an action. He gave us his son. 1 John 4.19 says, We love because he first loved us. Uh, Have you ever seen, we've got lots of babies in our midst. Have you ever seen a baby, maybe they turn and there's an angle or there's a laugh or something and when that angle happens or that facial expression hits, you recognize their parents or you recognize their mom or their dad. There's something about them, the way they speak or their voice or whatever. That kind of goes along with this. You and I don't originate giving. We are not the beginning of this process. We're we're in the middle of this process. God loved, so he gave. That's our model. He loved us, and then out of the love he had for us, then we love others. He gave to us first, and it's out of his gift to us first that we then turn around and give to others. We're passing a baton. We're not originating anything, no matter how generous we are spiritually, financially, time, resources, etc. We're in the middle of this thing. We're passing what has been given to us, or some of what's been given to us, to others. We're not, the, we're not the head of the food chain. We're not the origination point of any of this. We're in the middle. We're stewards of what God has given us. He's loved us first, and we show love to others. He's given to us first, and we give some of that to others as well. Let me pray, and then I'm going to let Stan come up. Lord, uh, thanks for the opportunity we have to look like you, our dad, and Jesus, our brother and savior, when we become part of this process of giving. Father, I I pray for each of us, uh, not just related to these projects, as good as they are, but Father, we look like you, we resemble you when we're generous and cheerful in giving. Father, you have witnessed to yourself over the generations by giving those who know you and those who don't know you rain, seasons, harvests, joy, gladness, Lord, help us be open-hearted and open-handed as you are, both related to the Christmas projects, Lord, but day in and day out. Might others see you and us as we, like you, give, and give because you first given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.